have a motor. You don't have to have any oars. You don't have to have any of that. Your, your boat is going to drift. And so you need that anchor to keep you from, sh- from that shifting environment. In our culture today, I believe that there are a lot of winds that are out there. The Bible calls them the winds of doctrine. And there's a lot of currents of con- contemporary cultural thinking that are always affecting every one of us. Believe it or not, the temperature on the outside of the church does affect the temperature on the inside or the culture outside the church. It can affect the culture inside the church if we are not careful. And we are bombarded by all kinds of winds and all kinds of currents and ways of thinking. And that is why we need to drop anchor to keep us from drifting away from God. We need to drop anchor on the very things where it is truth. What is truth? That's a great question. What is truth? It was Jesus who was brought before the Roman governor, Pilate, before his crucifixion. And Pilate began to question him. And he said, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus ignored that question, and instead he said, For this cause came I into the world to bear witness of the truth. Now Pilate, following up his questioning, he says, Well, what is truth? He asks him that question, What is truth? And Jesus, again answering, Pilate said to him this time, I came to bear witness to this, and everyone who hears the truth, And obeys it, obeys my voice. Here's here's what he was implying to Pilate on that day. He said, are are you hearing my voice? Can you hear me speaking to you right now? Are you you of the truth or are you not of the truth? He's saying, Pilate, you are supposed to be the governor. You, You are the one who the courts look to. When an important decision needs to be made. You, you hear the accusations and the pleas from those who are accused. It's, it's up to you to know who it is that's telling the truth. I myself have, have never been a part, of a part of a jury. I don't know, has anybody in here ever been, been called for a jury summons? You've been part of a jury? It's, it's your duty when you are part of the jury to wade through all of the the truths and the lies, the stories that are told and the different perspectives of what happened and to find what is the truth. What is it that, that actually happens? There, there's, there's not, there, there's not a bunch, you, you can't have two things that took place. There is one absolute truth. Truth is absolute and the world doesn't want that today. They, they don't want to hear that today. That's, and we live in a postmodern culture today that, that wants to believe that everybody can have their own truth. The reality is that there is only one truth. Everybody can't have the own, their own truth. You, you can't have all of these things that, that somebody would, would want to believe is true and for, and for that to actually uh, be truth. No, there is only one truth. And Jesus himself is the truth. I'll make that statement today. 
to a bunch of people who already believe it. But I, I would hope that we could find in ourselves today an understanding of what it truly means for Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus was, was there. He's, he's on trial with Pilate. And he's, he's just trying to get to the bottom of, of Pilate's thinking of how do you process what is truth? If you, if you can hear me speak to you, if you can hear me just deliver this or just, just talk to you about what my purpose is to come to this world, then maybe even you could understand what real truth is. This, this question, it, it remains in the minds of, of so many of us even today. Of, you know, what is truth? I, 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 was, I was just thinking about, you know, the fact that being on a jury, it's, it's not it's not always cut and dry. Even if you're not on a jury, if you're just trying to get to the bottom of things, if you're just trying to figure out which one of your kids is telling the truth, when they both come to you with two sides of the story, and there's only one truth there, and I've got to get to the bottom of it. And you've got to figure it out, and, and it's, it's, it's a task sometimes to figure out what is truth but but there, there the reality is there there was only one thing that happened and, and we may have our own perspectives on what happened but but we need to figure out what is truth and that question what what is truth in us we have these personal stories uh whether secondhand or firsthand they you know they've they can have all these varying tales if you're a fisherman I was just speaking of fishermen. Uh, you can tell a, a fisherman's tale of, of how big your fish was. But there's a truth be, you know, behind that. Maybe, it's, maybe it ought to be, you know, if there's not a picture of it, then I don't know that I should believe it. Even today, I guess, I, I was starting to say that, but I was thinking even today, you can manipulate the pictures. And even pictures today, it doesn't tell the truth. Even videos today doesn't tell the truth. It doesn't matter if it's called on camera. It doesn't matter. You, you, can, you can tell a tale and, and truth has some leakage today like it has never had before. The reality, reality that we live in now, it's becoming harder and harder to verify the authenticity of things. And, and this is not meant here to be a political statement, but certainly it's sometimes in the past couple of years you've heard the term fake news. And social media is the worst place for this sort of thing. There are men and women who have made a living off of creating a basic website to which they publish news articles, which, which they make up out of, out of the blue, or they, they have all these hidden agendas behind them, and, and none of this is verifiable. And there'll, there'll be fake news that's, that's out there, but their, their goal is to make some money. And so if they can get some clicks, then they can make some money. And there's no truth in some of these things that get passed around. But if you look enough like something that is true, then it can grab your attention and you can, you can get, you know, get to their attention to the point that they might believe it no matter how outrageous it is, then you might be able to get ahead. And so truth today is on trial. And one thing that concerns me when I look into this development is, uh, is this development of technology is the fact that what, what is happening to our perception of truth in the church? Are we still drawing a line? Are we still able to perceive what is true and what is not? 
I don't want us to have blurred lines on what truth is. The Oxford Dictionary uh, it, it labels what post-truth, or it defines for us what a pro- post-truth era that we are living in now is. And it defines it as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. And we can have a lot of emotion and personal belief that, that seeps in and it tries to get our, our, our viewpoint distorted. It distorts us and we try to, try to figure out, well, is this right or is this wrong? Is this moral or is this not moral? And we begin to ask all of these questions and, and we can really allow our emotions and we can allow other people to define for us what is truth. If we're not careful, then we can allow the world around us to shape what truth really is. But Jesus has already answered for us the question of what is truth. Jesus, he didn't just stand idly by and just allow people to, to just think or just, just tell them, you know, just think whatever you want to think. And, and if you're good, you know, if it's good, then it'll work its way out. If it's evil, then, then you'll, you'll figure that out. No, he said, there is only one truth and we need to define it as such. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. See, Jesus, he spoke to his disciples one day. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. In John chapter 14, if you could put that up on the screen, he said, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Thomas then spoke up, one of the disciples that Jesus was speaking to, he spoke up and he said, Jesus, I don't know where you're going. I'm glad Thomas was there. Because sometimes we have those same thoughts. And it it at least helps me to feel better. That I'm not the only one. That when Jesus says something, it it takes me a little bit of time to process it. And for Thomas, he's saying, Jesus, I'm hearing what you're saying. But but I I don't know what you're saying. I I don't know the way. You said that that you're going somewhere. And you're leaving us. And that we're going to know where to go. But... I don't know where to go. I don't know the way. And so Jesus gives him a very straightforward answer. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no man can come to the Father but by me. He was giving Thomas a road map. And he was giving all of us a road map. To understand what is truth. If you're you're searching for the way to paradise, Jesus was saying, I am the way. If you are searching for truth, he said, I am the truth. If you are searching for eternal life today, he said, I am the life. You'll find it in me. Thomas, the only thing that you need to do is to keep your eyes on me. Keep your heart on me. Stay attached to me. Jesus is trying to tell him, stick close to me and your eyes are going to be open to real truth. You're you're never going to have to doubt again whether or not 
you be- what you believe is truth or if it's a lie. He's saying, you may, right now, Thomas, may, maybe you don't believe this, but I am the truth that Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. The evidence was about to make itself abundantly clear in that Jesus was just about ready to die, be put to death, that he would be on that cross, his head hung low, and he would speak those last words, it is finished, he would die, he would breathe his last breath, and then he would be put in a grave, but three days later he would raise out of the grave, and you would see once and for all it solidified that what Jesus said would come to pass, it would come to pass. And the whole case of truth is tied up in this matter of by whose authority can you speak of things coming to pass. If the authority is, is, is in him being God, then it will come to pass. And Jesus was speaking out of the embodiment of Christ. He was the Christ. He was the Son of God. And, and he was speaking from that, the one who created all things, the one who created the worlds. He created all the laws of not not just the laws that we live by, but but the laws of gravity, the laws of physics, the laws of everything. He created all of that. And so if you want to get down to the bottom of what is right and what is wrong, the only way to do it is to come to him, the one who created it. The one that knows it all intimately. But Jesus was speaking to Thomas on an even more personal level. He's speaking to Thomas and telling him, you can see me right now, and as long as you stick close to me, you're going to find truth. You're going to find the way. In fact, it was still Thomas who, after Jesus had risen from the dead, Thomas, doubting that it was Jesus, said, I'm not going to believe it until I actually see him and I stick my finger into the side and I see the nail-scarred hands. And it was Jesus who had that resurrected body. But in that resurrected body, he kept the scars. In that resurrected body that was glorified, it still had the scars. It still had the nail prints in his hands and the, the place where the spear pierced him in his side. And when he, when he came to Thomas, this man who was doubting whether or not it was really him, whether or not this was truth, he came to him and he said, Thomas, look at the scars. It's me. I'm the one. Stick your finger into my nail printed hands. Place it in my sword pierced side. I am who I said I am. I'm God. I was dead, but I'm alive. I conquered death, hell, and the grave. I am the truth. Whatever I say, you can believe it. He's proving himself to Thomas. And perhaps today you, you look down upon Thomas for his initial doubt, but Thomas was not only the only one, Thomas was not the only one that he proved himself to after raising from the dead. It was in Acts chapter 1 that it says that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Jesus proved himself. He proved that he was who he said he was after his resurrection to all these apostles, all of these for 40 days as he spent time with them. He was speaking of the things 
pertaining to the kingdom. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful that Jesus proved to his disciples that he was who he said he was, that he was God incarnate. And when their eyes were truly open to the knowledge of the one whom they devoted their lives to, you see this radical change that happens in them because they finally realize what it means to find truth. They finally realize what it means to understand truth. And today, maybe you're still saying, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, Jesus is truth. But here's the thing about truth is that it is not intended to be this neatly codified set of, of doctrines to believe. Truth today is not a, a knowledge manual for us. I believe in the Bible. I believe in apostolic doctrine. I believe you know, that this is the word of God that's handed down to us, and I'm thankful for it. But in reality, truth is intended to reveal the nature of God. That is what truth is intended to do. Truth is not what God says about things. It is what God is. And what God is judges things in relationship to him truth is not god's belief about the world it's understanding it is the understanding that we have about the world as a result of knowing god the fact that we know god Changes our perception of the world. This is truth. Truth is not the things that you learned in Sunday school. And again, I, I don't want to dismantle all of that. The goal of all of that, the goal of coming here on a Sunday morning Bible study or on a Wednesday evening Bible study is to is not to just understand the doctrine that's presented here. Because you can understand doctrine, but unless it leads you to a relationship with Christ, all that doctrine is really no good. This is what truth, this is the understanding of what, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is not to say, here I am, I presented myself to you, I've lived, I've died, I've died for your sins, and now I want my disciples to come, and they're going to write down all these scriptures for you, and they're going to hand it to you, so that you can read them, and you can memorize them, and you can see, okay, this is how I can live my life, this is how I can be good, this is how I can make it to heaven, make sure to do this and this. No, that is not why Jesus came. He came to have relationship with us. Jesus came so that we can have the word of God. We, we're anchored on this. I'm not moving away from this, but all of this points to him. And he said, the reality of truth is that it's embodied in a person. It's embodied in Christ. That is truth. It's not the kind of our doctrines that we have here. Truth is coming into relationship with Christ. And when you do that, 
It gives you a perception of the world that is radically different than when you are not in relationship with Christ. It changes everything about how you live. When you are truly walking hand in hand, step in step with Jesus Christ. When you find yourself anchored in Him. I was talking about anchors at the beginning. I wasn't, I wasn't, a, uh, I wasn't saying that to say we need to stay anchored on this or that or this, you know, this Bible doctrine or that Bible doctrine. We, I'm not moving off of it. But the anchor that is the most important is relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the most important anchor. Now, when you're anchored in Him, all the doctrine of who He is, all the understanding that He is God in Christ, that, that He is, that, that there's a oneness of God, there's a unity of God, that there is, there is salvation that needs to happen, that we are lost unless we come to Him. All of the doctrines, it's, it's wrapped up inside of that. But the truth is the result of seeing who He, or, or of being in relationship with Him, and then seeing the world through that lens. And everything becomes opened up in a completely different way. All of this has been revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And what ought to happen when we do that is it ought to prompt us to go all in on Him. And I, I God, I finally have found the one thing that satisfies my soul. God, I finally found the one thing that actually makes sense. And it is that you would come and that you would help me. Because here I am trying to help myself and to get myself all together. And all I've found is futility in me trying to do it on my own. But when I realize that you are the only one that can complete me. When you're the only one who can fix me, and that all I need to do is surrender myself to you, well, now I have a completely different understanding of the Word of God. Because this here is not for me to try to fix myself. This here is to point me to Jesus Christ and to allow Him to fix the wounds and to repair the wounds and to to come into the depths of who I am and to allow Him to change me from the inside. Come on, this, this is what truth is. This is the knowledge of understanding that Jesus Christ came so that we can have relationship with Him. And when you do this, as I said, it ought to change our perception of the world. It ought to change our beliefs. We, I think we fail so often in, in, in trying to just teach doctrine in a way and not... I'll put myself first up there. That's, I, I'll fall into the trap of just like trying to teach it and say, all right, now change your, change your belief or change your action. Transformation through knowledge is never going to truly last. Transformation just through the, the impartation of knowledge or just coming in is never really going to last. The only way that you can truly get transformation is by coming into relationship with Christ and experiencing Christ. And through that, He begins to mold you and shape you in such a way that you live your life to the point where you are trying to manifest, not trying, where you will manifest the kingdom of God everywhere that you go. Now, what does that mean? Manifest the kingdom. I got to wrap this up here just a little bit. But what does it mean to manifest the kingdom of God? That means that that you, when you hide yourself in Him, 
When you come into Him, that everywhere that you go, you are allowing God to live through you. And you are no longer just trying to please Him through your actions. Just trying to say, God, I hope that I'm doing this right. I hope, no, no, I am in you and everywhere that I go. I'm just going to allow you to work through me and to provide life everywhere that I go. Come on, it's a completely, it opens up your understanding of Christ when you hide yourself in Him. And it's an experiential thing. It's not a quest for knowledge. It's a quest for relationship. And I don't want to discourage anybody from from diving into your Bible. I don't want to discourage anybody from Bible study. It's all important. It's it, but But do it with the end goal of saying, God, I want you to be revealed to me. God, I don't want to do this so that I look smart. I don't want to do this so that I can impress my neighbor, impress that person. God, I want you to be revealed to me through your words. And so what that does is it opens up, it opens up a mirror. It opens up all kinds of things. And when you read the word of God, it begins to prick your heart. It begins to change you. It begins to truly get inside of you to the point where you say, man, who am I? Just like David, who am I that thou art mindful of me? God, who am I that you would come and that you would actually care about somebody like me? And, and you begin to realize that it's him in, 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 in his, all of his, his glory and all of his fullness that he, he wants to utilize you to change the world. He wants to use the church. He wants to use those who come into relationship with him to truly come on walk in the way, the truth, and the life. Come on now. Jesus. Well, there's some of us here today who we need to experience a deeper transformation than we've ever had before. God is calling you today. <laughs> we just heard it. <laughs> in our world today, truth may be on trial. That's only because they haven't experienced the truth. In churches today, truth may be on trial. It's because they haven't truly experienced the truth. But when you've been filled with the truth, you don't need to be enlightened by the philosophies of man. You don't need to go searching for something that may be out there. When the truth consumes you, you know that you have found the anchor to hold on to. You know that you found the measuring stick of morality. You know that his word is everlasting and it's unfailing. You know that there's nothing else out there that can actually satisfy your soul. When you anchor yourself in Christ Jesus. And there's no walking away. And when you do walk away, you, you recognize, God, the only thing that I could ever do. The only, the only answer to my problems is to get back to you. Could we, we stand? If you're here today and you're wavering in your belief, you, you wavered in your stance, 
I just want to encourage you, stir up that spirit here today. If you, if you have that spirit inside of you, get hold of an altar before we leave this place. As I said, we're going to open up this altar before our classes are dismissed. I told them to take their whole 45 minutes. We've got plenty of time here right now. Because when you have an encounter with God, it's never going to leave you searching for something else to fulfill your void. You're never going to walk out of a prayer room where you encounter the presence of God with questions of his existence. With questions of, you may walk out and not have all the answers, but, but, but you know, you know that God, I just had an encounter with you and everything's going to be all right. There's peace that passes understanding. There's, there's, you don't have everything figured out. You don't have the answers to everything. But you know that He is the only source. That He is the only way. The truth. And it's through Him that I have life. What if you need that today? If anybody here wants to encounter this here today, or would you just lift up a hand right where you're at? If you want to make your way to an altar, this altar is open. Come on, there is an experience to be had in Christ Jesus. There is an experience to be had that's through opening up to Him and saying, God, I'm not trying to find, I'm not trying to search, Lord, the, the world. I'm not, I, I don't, I've searched it before. God, all I want to know is you right now. So would you reveal yourself to me? Would you reveal yourself to me here right now? God, I want my world to be changed, but it can only happen, Lord, when I am anchored in you. God, I want to change the world, but Lord, I can only do it through the lens by which I'm in relationship with you. God, help me not to get so anchored to this man's belief or my belief, this or that. God, I would just want to be anchored in you. God, you get to determine what's true. You get to determine what's false because you're the one who set it all in motion. So if there's anything in me, God, that needs to change, Lord, I pray, Lord, that I would not be resistant to that change that needs to happen. God, if there's anything in me that you look at, Lord, as, as, I, as I come to you, God, that you say, we need transformation in this area. God, let me just seek you. Allow that transformation to happen. Come on, there's transformation in truth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh.